0: Well, good morning and Merry Christmas. Welcome to the Gathering Church. My name is John Mark Redwine. I'm the lead pastor, and it's so good to have you guys with us here. We're honored to have you. You may have noticed when you came in that our Dream Team has been busy decking the halls and getting excited and getting ready because we are just a couple days away from Christmas, there is still just a little bit of time left for you last minute shoppers out there. Your Amazon Prime time is over. You've missed it. You've got to do one day shipping. You might get it in time, but really you've got no choice now but to go to the mall. And so if that's you, congratulations and and good luck. We can't wait to see what happens. But uh, I wanted to share with you guys that Tuesday night at 6 o'clock, we'll be having our Christmas Eve service here at the gathering. And we've been getting ready for it and preparing. And it is going to be an excellent service. It's going to be fun and it's going to be reverent at the same time. We're going to worship and, and really celebrate uh, what this season is all about. And so i uh, I hope you join us and come with us. Uh, on Tuesday night at six o'clock. We will see you there. It'll be about a, a little bit under an hour. We do have our kids ministry and everything that night, and so uh, we hope to see you there. Um, the following Sunday, as Mikey said, we do not have services, and one of the reasons for that, and the reason that's kind of a tradition for us, is we do like to rest on that last Sunday of the year. We we uh, we like to take a moment of intentional rest as we close out our year, and on the other side of a a Christmas holiday and a busy holiday season for everybody, I'd encourage you to find time next Sunday to to worship and honestly to study and ask God to begin to speak into you uh, the truth that he has for you and the promises that he has for you in the year 2020 because just a few days after that, on January 5th, we'll be starting our 21-day prayer and fast. 21 days of prayer and fasting. 21 days of prayer is a uh, part of our annual routine we do in August and in January. We set a season apart. Uh, really just to dedicate ourselves to God and to say this year is yours, this year is his, that we want to worship him and and set ourselves apart for him as we kick the year off. And so um, I, I would encourage you to begin to think about what God would call you to fast in that season, to join us in a fast. And a fast can be many different things. You don't have to be dogmatic about it. It could be food, and maybe it's a a category of food for you. Maybe you're like me, and sweets are just a real problem for you. And if that's true, maybe you want to say, I'm going to dedicate this season... Of fasting to no sweets, or or maybe it's something different like a, a traditional uh, Jewish food fast, sun sunrise to sunset, you're not going to eat any food, and hey, it's the shortest uh, day of the year month, and so it's the perfect time to do that. Or maybe you're going to do something different uh, like a social media fast, or television, or whatever it could be. Honestly, this is between you and God, and there's just, there's no hierarchy. It's, it's just a season to say, I'm going to say no to something physical so that I can say yes to the spiritual. And so um, let me just invite you now to begin to think about how you're going to partner with us in that starting January 5th, we'll be having Saturday morning prayer services and uh, we'll be leading prayer promptings each morning during that season. And so um, we're really kind of, we're excited about it and looking forward to kicking off 21 days of prayer in just a, a couple weeks. Well, today we are closing out the very last series for 2019. We've done it. Thank you. It was a great moment for a woo. And so, appreciate that, Aaron. And so, um, and so. And so, as we close this series, we've been talking about Scotch Tape. And the idea for the series has really just been that Scotch Tape is one of those things that is useful for fixing some specific problems, mostly paper-related problems. It's great for wrapping paper, it's great for mending pages, but when we try to apply Scotch Tape to fixing things that are seriously broken, it just doesn't hold up. A little bit of pressure causes it to give way. What we've been talking about in this series is the different ways that we use uh, what should be simple, temporary solutions for very big, serious problems. And when we apply Scotch tape in these specific areas, what happens is a little bit of pressure comes along from life and it begins to expose these weaknesses and we begin to crack. We've talked about our marriages and the way that we tend to scotch tape our marriages this time of year. We've talked about our emotional health and the way that this time of year is difficult there. And then today, honestly, what I want to talk about as we look ahead to Christmas is our spiritual longing and the way that we tend to scotch tape the spiritual gaps that we feel inside our hearts Maybe for you, you grew up in a a tradition uh, of church, and and you've been in church all your life, and you've had spiritual questions from the time that you're a child, like all of us do, and there's always been answers. But maybe you never really knew how to connect those answers, or, or what to do with them, or Maybe you grew up outside of a Christian context and in and, and a world where nobody answered those questions for you, or where somebody told you to find these answers to the spiritual questions you're asking on your own. And so you've gone down many different paths of discovery, trying to fill different gaps and, and different holes in your heart and trying to, trying to find a way to heal the spiritual emptiness that you've always felt. Because I think deep down... All of us at some point experience a spiritual longing, an emptiness, questions inside, a desire to have our spirit completed. You see, I believe you were made, created, designed, that every single part of you was put together by a Father who loves you. And that he gives us these needs inside. And one of those needs that he puts deep in our hearts is a need for him and a need for his spirit And until we begin to understand and and seek his solution, we find a lot of different ways to scotch tape the spiritual needs that we feel in our hearts. Maybe for you, you've tried to scotch tape all of your spiritual needs with the wrong spirit. You see, this world offers a lot of spiritual answers, but no real spiritual solutions. There, There are so many different ways that we can find to start to plug the holes that we feel spiritually. See, there is a spirit in this world, and he's called the deceiver. And the deceiver, the spirit that would come and and try to offer you answers and solutions and and different ways to fill your spiritual need, your spiritual longing. One of his greatest tactics is to provide a temporary spiritual fulfillment, an answer that, that feels like it works for a while, but ultimately leaves us feeling like we're coming up short. Many of the, the, the spiritual beliefs or practices or maybe for you it's a, it's a hodgepodge of different spiritualities that we've put together in order to find some sort of an answer for ourselves. Or, or maybe it's a different religion or pathway. Maybe, maybe for you it's a, a belief of a self-realization, sort of a, I've got the answers that I need deep down inside me. I just need to discover them and Either of these pathways, I think what often the world presents for us as a spiritual answer is this ideal of a God on top of a mountain. And that God could be a, a literal God, it could be a, a, some sort of a, a, a religious belief God, or maybe a God on top of a mountain in the idea of a, a, a fulfillment that we'll reach, or a fulfillment or an or a answer that we'll receive. And what the world believes, and what almost, or what every major religion of the world outside of Christianity teaches is that as a human, our responsibility to fill these spiritual needs in our heart is to work our way up this mountain, to do everything that we can to get from where we are to the mountaintop where we'll finally feel full, whole, made new, or or maybe at least just a little bit of peace inside. And I think one of the more popular things right now in our culture, especially among those in my generation, is the belief that there is something at the top of the mountain that we all need, and most or all of these different pathways are going to the same place, going up one path here and another path there and another path there, simply trying to reach the top. What separates Christianity from all of these different beliefs and, and scotch tape solutions of spirituality is that that's that's not the belief of Christianity. Christianity is the belief that God came off the mountain in order to meet us right where we are. And that's where the Christmas story comes into play. There's other ways that we try to scotch tape our hearts. Simple ways like people. We try to get our spiritual fulfillment from a spouse or, or, or from, from somebody that we're believing in, that, that we put all our trust in our, our, we rely on to fulfill us spiritually, and ultimately what happens is because it's scotch tape, when pressure is applied, the pressure that we're putting on a person to fulfill us spiritually, it, it lets you down, and you're more broken than ever before. Or, or maybe a, a self-help version of spiritual scotch tape. This exists inside the church. I think sometimes we buy into a belief or a culture inside the church where we think, I I can pull myself up by my bootstraps. I can get to the top of that mountain. If I dress a certain way, talk a certain way, behave a certain way, check off a a list somewhere, then on the other side of that, I'll find the spiritual fulfillment that I'm looking for. It exists inside the church. And it exists outside the church. If I could just be a good enough person, then I'll rack up enough good vibes. I'll get enough good karma in order to finally feel the fulfillment that I've been searching for. People, self-help, the wrong spirit, searching for some other form of spirituality. It's all just scotch tape. And I think this time of year, as we celebrate the birth of Jesus, and we talk about all the things that that means, it's worth thinking about right now or even just visiting for a moment the idea that not not only is Christianity so different from every other belief and every other religion, every other uh, place that we could go spiritually, but it's been made so much easier for us. The idea that he would come to us, that the solution, a lot of times we search for scotch tape solutions because we are too afraid to take the difficult journey that is required to find a permanent one. It's like if I break something in the kitchen, there's always some scotch tape in that drawer of things and stuff. There is a drawer in the kitchen that has all kinds of... There's lighters, there's a scotch tape, there's some paper in there in case I need to write a note. There's a, there might be like a piece of candy in the back of that drawer. And the scotch tape's easy, easy to grab. You know, I can fix something with it. And, and, and often we end up with a scotch tape solution over important areas of our lives because it was the easiest thing. But our spiritual problems are different. For some reason what many, many of us do is instead of accepting the spiritual solution that was given to us some 2,000 years ago in a town called Bethlehem, we take these difficult paths up these mountains, wanting to do it on our own, choosing instead to try and, and pull ourselves to the fulfillment that we need. And so what I want to suggest this morning is a permanent solution that, that the work has been done for you, that there is more for you. That there, you don't have to keep longing and and wishing and hoping and searching for some way to fulfill yourself spiritually. He's done the work. He's met you here. He's He's come to uh, to our earth in a way so humble and so so simple, but yeah, so powerful and so beautiful. There's a passage in Isaiah. You see, all of the Bible points to this solution. It starts in the very beginning, talking about the solution that we would find in Jesus. In Genesis, God makes a promise to a man named Abram, and he says, through you I will bless all the nations. I will make you a blessing to all the nations. And Abram, who would become Abraham, he, he feels this is going means he's gonna have some sort of power, or, or his people would, would maybe have a kingdom that would be powerful, or, or he, he doesn't really know what to expect. And, can't really even begin to grasp or imagine the depths of what this promise means, but God knows that on the other side of that promise is Jesus. In Isaiah, the prophet sees hundreds of years into the future to understand what depths God was willing to go to to offer us this solution. In chapter 53, verse four, it says, "'Surely he took up our pain.'" and bore our suffering. I think when we're young, even, when we're children, we begin to feel this need for spiritual fulfillment, for for a longing, for some sort of an answer spiritually. And I think the reason that we begin searching for it so young is because even at a young age, we begin to understand that there is a separation in us spiritually, that there is something that has taken place in our hearts that has separated us from the wholeness that we desire. And that separation comes from sin. It comes from the decisions that we make, the choices that we make to serve ourselves, to pursue what we want, to go after the me, to go after the, the, all of the different things that turn against the nature of God. And this separation exists in us from, from a young age, and we begin to search for different ways to pull it back together, but it was never something we could do on our own. And that's why Jesus came, to take our punishment on himself. It says, Yet we were punished by God, yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. For he was pierced for our transgressions, and he was crushed for our iniquities. And the punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds we are healed. One of the most powerful verses in scripture, the punishment that brought us peace. Because I think at the end of the day, our spiritual longing amounts to an absence of peace. Somewhere down in our souls there is an unrest, a desire in, in our natural spirit to be joined with a different spirit with a spirit that would make us feel full and whole and allow us peace, that would allow us hope, that would allow us healing. And this is the solution maybe that you've always been looking for. Maybe you've searched down every possible avenue, every road trying to find a solution, and yet the punishment that brought us spiritual peace was laid on him. And by his wounds, we can be healed. And we all, like sheep, have gone astray. In verse 6, each of us has turned to our own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He's made it right for us. He's done the work. His solution is not one that we have to earn or that we have to to try and, and work our way towards. His solution is one that he was willing to go to the ends of the earth, to offer to us. See, that's the difference. The difference in the peace that he brings us, the healing that he offers us, the hope that comes at Christmas, is that this need that I have inside to be completed spiritually has been met in the man Jesus. He's made it right for us. We try to be good enough on our own, but we can't. We try to make it right on our own, but we can't. We go down our own paths looking for answers, but the scriptures point to one truth. He's the way. He's the solution. We were never going to be good enough on our own, and so the Son of God was born in a small town during a Roman census, and his beginnings are as humble as his life. As he lays in a manger, angels herald his birth to shepherds who are watching sheep, and he lives his life dedicated to teaching us how to be the church. How to love people better? How to serve people better? How to live better? He made the statement in John fourteen six. I am the way and the truth and the life, and no one gets to the Father except through me. He's the way, and he made a way by becoming this sacrifice for us, by taking up uh, our place on the cross and uh, taking the penalty of death on himself. Only just to be resurrected three days later, defeating death in the process, to spend 40 more days teaching us how to be the church before ascending to heaven. And then the Bible says a short time after that, there was this moment called Pentecost where the disciples, his followers, the people who've been with him, who've seen that he's the answer, he's the solution, he's the way, he's the one we've been waiting for. They're, they're trying to decide what's next because now he's gone and they're trying to figure out what, what, wait, 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 my spirit still feels a need for him. I need him here, I need his presence. And in this moment, as they pray, the Holy Spirit descends, the third part of, of God comes upon us. And because of the work of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit, the spirit that we're born with, gets to unite with the one who made us. And we get to experience wholeness, completion, and purpose in our Father. This is what Christmas is. And I just tell you this very simply because I think we we spend so much time trying to find solutions and answers to the spiritual needs that we feel, but Christmas is a reminder of its simplicity. That this is not some, some difficult quest or journey that we have to go on. In fact, Christmas is a reminder of the story of the journey that he's already gone on on our behalf for us so that we can completely be healed and be made whole. If you've been trying to fill your need for the spiritual in any other way, I just want to tell you this morning that there is a better and it's a permanent solution and his name is Jesus. He was born in a manger. A few things this morning. Before, it may, maybe, now maybe you, you're hearing all this and the, I lay it out and you just think, yeah, I get it, I got it, I know, I've been there, I'm here, I'm at church, I, I understand, I'm, I'm a Christian, how come I still have questions? How come I still feel need? How come I, I don't feel whole yet? And so if that's you and you're here this morning, let me offer a few different things that I think can help us begin to grasp and understand and receive and live in the permanent solution that is Jesus. The first thing is this. I would encourage you this morning that you might need to take your next step. That maybe for you, you need to take your next step we talk about steps a lot at the gathering. We're kind of obsessed with it. We, we believe that the Bible lays out simple spiritual pathway from the very beginning that we're made to take. And maybe you've got to find your place on that pathway and get back on that journey. Maybe you've got a need inside that you're not really sure how to fill or that you're filling with all this scotch tape because you haven't taken the next step forward yet. So let me lay those steps out for you. We, we talk about it all the time here, that very simply, we believe the path that scripture lays out is that we might know God, find freedom, discover our purpose, and make a difference. And we get these this, this steps uh, from all over the Bible, but it begins in Exodus chapter six, verses six and seven, and a promise that God makes with his people that is standing still today. Let's take a look at it he says, first, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. This promise comes at a time in Israel's history that you're familiar with if you've seen the excellent movie, The Prince of Egypt. It's a great film, or the Ten Commandments with Charlton Heston, or there was one with uh, Christian Bale that was really okay, and I don't know what what cinematic event you think of, but many of us can relate to this season in Israel's history where they're in slavery to Egypt, and all of this amazing things happen that bring them into freedom, but at the beginning of that was a promise, and the promise wasn't just for the people who were in slavery to the Egyptians, it's a standing promise that appears more than 30 more times through Scripture, over and over, well into the New Testament, because it is a promise God makes, not just for those who are living in bondage to the Egyptians, but for those of us who are living in bondage to sin. Wherever we are, at whatever stage we are, whatever year it is, wherever, this promise stands for us still. And he says, I am your Lord, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. See, the very first thing that he wants to do is establish relationship with you to know God. And it's not the first step without purpose. See, the first step is to know him because you don't have to check off any boxes to enter into a relationship with him. That's why this solution is so much different than all the scotch tape that we use. It is easier. Because he's done the work on the cross. We get to just say, I want to be in relationship with you. I give my life to you. I lay my life before you and I want you and I invite you into me. Forgive me. I want to be one with your spirit. Be a part of my life forever starting today. And that's it. You get to know God right as you are. And once you know God, It says, I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with mighty acts of judgment. I will redeem you. Do you know what the word redeem means? It means to be set back to your original intent. He has an intent for you. He has a purpose for you. When he made you, he had a dream in mind. He gifted you the way he gifted you. He made you the way that he made you because he has a purpose for your life but he wants to get you to that purpose through a pathway of freedom. And to redeem you means to set you back to where you're meant to be. The second step is to find freedom. Now maybe you entered into a relationship with Jesus, but you still are feeling a lot of discontent spiritually. And maybe because it's because you, you started that journey by learning to know God, but you never chose to move forward in finding freedom. So maybe you chose to know God, and yet you're still saddled with uh, addiction, with sin, with hurts, with habits, with, with the wrong mentality and mindsets. With Maybe you've got a million different things that you need freedom from, and the process scares you, and it, it can be scary. Finding freedom, in fact, it, it is one of those processes that can take a long time. I, I skipped it. It's, that's from the verse, I will free you from being slaves to them. I kept thinking, that doesn't sound right, but I'll go with it. I will free you. He, he says, I will free you. And I think it's so important that it says, I will free you from being slaves after he pulls us out of Egypt. Because I think a lot of times we think, well, I'm a Christian, and so I should just be healed and whole and fixed now. But it's not, it doesn't always work like that. See, sometimes he could take us out of Egypt, but Egypt is still in us. Sometimes he takes us out of the place. As soon as you invite him into your life, you're a new creation, the Bible says. But sometimes we don't know how to live like a new creation. We don't know know what it means to be a new creation. Or there's still just some chains that we need to be set free from. He wants you to find freedom. He wants you to find freedom. And we want to partner with you in that process. And then, after we find freedom, he wants us to discover our purpose, and that's where he redeems us back to our original intent. We want to help you discover this purpose. At the gathering, we just work hard to try to give you a clear way to take all these next steps. We want you to know God. We try to present his message and an opportunity to enter into a relationship with him every Sunday here. And we want you to find freedom, and that's why we have a life group semester that that is either running or getting ready to start all the time. We believe we find freedom together in community. And we believe that it's so important to do so that we actually have freedom groups where you can go and follow a curriculum to intentionally find freedom from the things you want to be free from. And then we offer growth track to help you discover your purpose and, and to begin the journey of learning your why, to, to know why you exist, and to find the way that you can serve people or serve God and glorify Him by serving people. And we believe that once we do that, then we enter into the final promise, which says, I will take you as my own people and I will be your God who brought you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. It stops being just about you, and the attention shifts to people. It's group-oriented. He wants to bring us into a place of spiritual fulfillment where we can feel peace, where we can feel whole, where we can feel put together and do it in the context that he always intended for us from the very beginning. We see this over and over again through scripture. In Ephesians 1, 17 through 18, it says, I, I do more than thank, I ask. This is the message version. I ask the God of our master, Jesus Christ, the God of glory, to make you intelligent and discerning and knowing him personally, know God, that your eyes would be focused and clear, that you would find freedom, freedom from the things that cloud our vision and distract and distort our ability to see so that you can see exactly what it is he's calling you to do and grasp the immensity of this glorious way of life he has for Christians. Discover purpose and make a difference. This has been the plan since the beginning, woven throughout scripture, a simple, relatable process that answers the nagging question in your heart. What am I here for? If you want to find the spiritual fulfillment that you've been longing for, as long as you can remember, maybe you just need to take your next step. Maybe as you're taking next steps, the second thing that I can offer you to really get into this journey is just to get some discipline, to gain some discipline, to gain some simple spiritual disciplines. And and I believe that even though uh, the work is all done for us, And we get to enter into relationship freely that like any relationship, in order to grow that relationship, it requires discipline, basic spiritual disciplines. We talk about spiritual disciplines a good bit here. And you guys, uh, by now, if you've been coming for a while, you know that I am a, a creature of habit and routines. And it's important to me. But I just think that you can't grow your relationship with God without a level of discipline. I know that in my relationship with Rael with my wife, that our relationship is happiest and healthiest when we're being disciplined in the way that we communicate, when we're being intentional, just like we talked about at the beginning of this series of having communication rhythms and, and spending time having eye contact with one another, talking to one another, seeing one another, that when we do that, we are in a much healthier place relationally. When we don't do that, we're kind of grumpy relationally. And I think the same is true in our relationship with God. I think when we are being disciplined in the way that we communicate with our Father, that we feel greater relational connection to Him. But when we're not being disciplined in the way we communicate with Him, we stop growing. And we can begin to feel like we're scotch-taping ourselves spiritually again. See, a relationship grows when you're intentional about growth. And so, worship and pray and study scripture, and do it every single day. Now, maybe you you started a relationship with God because you wanted that spiritual fulfillment, but you never moved into any kind of discipline because you were a little, maybe you were afraid. Maybe you were afraid to approach Him because you thought, if I really get close, He'll see who I really am. I, I would love to pray more, to worship more, to to be able to experience the wholeness of this Christmas season. But, but what, if, what if I do and, and God does not want me? And that's a very human misunderstanding of who God is. There's a scripture verse, Romans 8.26. It says, In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We don't know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. He wants to be in relationship with you in a way, such a way that if your spirit doesn't know, when when you don't know what to say to him, his Holy Spirit fills in the gaps. That's a passage about a father who wants to communicate with you, who wants to hear from you, who wants to speak with you, who wants to be in relationship with you, who wants to fulfill you. In another place, in the same chapter, it says you've not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you've received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. And now we call him Abba, Father, for his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. We are not meant to be afraid to approach him. We're meant to approach him like a child approaching their father, a perfect, good Heavenly Father. My kids and I have this routine every morning where uh, after we get ready, we'll go downstairs and watch a cartoon. And the cartoons are, are great. And honestly, I, I enjoy the cartoons. I, I like to, I get into it. I'm into the plots. And, and I want to know, like if, if they watch one, when I'm not home, I get upset about it. I'm like, wait, what happened? How am I going to know now if the Rocketeer foiled them again? And, and we get into it. Uh, but th- this, this moment is really, because I'm gone, I'm going to be at work the rest of the day. This is my moment to just be in the presence of my kids for a minute. And uh, they're too grumpy to talk to. And so the cartoon is what gets in the place of the morning grumps, right? And what's happened lately is my daughter Dagny, she's almost two. She likes to crawl up in my lap. So I'll set her down on the couch and I'll sit down and she'll crawl up in my lap to make sure I can't get the coffee to my mouth and I'll wanna go make breakfast or go start getting ready for the day and I'll start to scooter over and Dagny will grab me by my shirt and say, Daddy, sit! (laughs) And when an almost two-year-old tells you to sit, you sit. (laughs) And that moment in the morning of being together matters to her. It fills her up. It helps her to feel relationally connected to me throughout the day. And I would just suggest to you that having a discipline where you are in the presence of your father every single morning should do the same for you. Should fill you up relationally to carry out throughout your day. If you've been feeling a distance spiritually between you and your father, it could be the distance is is because you haven't been communicating or haven't been in his presence. And so I would encourage you today, not don't wait for the new year, today to get into a habit. Of worship every single day to get disciplined. And then finally, as we close this morning, I would encourage you to go all in. Now, here's what I know I know that the week of Christmas is not when we usually decide to make big changes, we don't want discipline the week before Christmas. We don't, we don't want to make a, a big decision or a commitment because, honestly, we, we need to just let ourselves go a little bit for a few days, you know? When the sweets come out on Christmas Day, we have no intention of exercising any kind of self-control. We're ready. We're, my mom always says that calories don't count on Christmas. You've got to just go for it. And, and we think, well, you know what, I want to make these big changes in my life, and I want, to get, I want to get, you know, my physical health in order and I want to, to watch less TV or have less screen time and, and I'm going to do all those things starting January 1st. Beginning January 1st, I'm a new person. New year, new me. That's what I say. It's coming. And we're not thinking about that on December 22nd, usually. Here's what I would suggest. I would suggest that who you are on January 1st is exactly who you were on December 31st. That what you take with you from this year will go with you into the next year. I would encourage you to take a, a new discipline, a legacy of healthy spirituality, a pursuit of the one who has worked, who has given everything to be in relationship with you. End your year like that. Don't wait to start it, end your year by going all in, by saying to him, I'm going to give you now. I'm not, I don't need to, I don't need to wait. Anytime I'm I'm thinking about starting up, going to the gym again, I'm always going to start on Monday, right? Well, listen, it's Tuesday. It wouldn't make any sense to start today. I'm going to wait till next Monday. And then Monday rolls around. It's like, you know what though? It's not an even Monday. It's the 20, it's the 23rd. I should wait for like a, a 28th or something. I need a, no, there's no better time than right now. Make a decision to go all in, to just to give him everything that you've got, everything that you are. And this is important as we talk about Scotch tape, and I'll tell you why. I'm gonna share a verse with you that is just not very Christmassy, but Jesus said it and we need to remember it as we talk through this topic this time of year. Matthew 7, verse 21 through 23. It says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of the Father who is in heaven. And many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and drive out demons in your name and perform many miracles? And I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. This verse used to terrify me because I thought, what, who, who's it? How do you know? What? Who's who's in which category? How do I know if I'm here or, or there? This is scary. What is it? Who who are these people that thought they knew Jesus but didn't? And as we close a series called Scotch Tape, I want I want to just be honest and tell you that when it comes to spiritual longing, a lot of people are using the church as Scotch Tape. That instead of making him our life, we make him a part of our life. And and we think I have a need to be fulfilled spiritually. And because I grew up saying happy birthday Jesus at Christmas time, I'm gonna add Jesus to that need. You know, maybe if I go to church here and there once a month, a couple times a month, if I, if I, if I, if I mark it on my demographic sheet that I'm a Christian, if I, maybe I'll go, I'll sign up for a life group, I'll go for the first three weeks at least. Maybe then I'll be all right. Maybe if I'm good enough, if I, if I have a high enough morality And we just, we use the church as scotch tape a lot. And that's not what he requires of us. He came down off the mountain to meet us here in this place and say, you don't have to do the work. I'm giving you myself right now here in the humblest of ways. The work is finished. You're forgiven. You're you're mine today. But it comes with a, a call to follow him. It says, In verse 34 of Mark chapter 8, he called the crowd to him along with his disciples. See, there was uh, different groups of people that were with Jesus. There was the disciples and there was the crowd. And his disciples didn't just refer to the 12, it referred to a larger group of people who were all in, who were with him, who followed him around, who participated in his ministry, who believed. And then there was this crowd, this crowd that was there because something exciting was happening because it seemed good and they wanted to see it or be a part of it and Jesus calls them all together the crowd had grown because he just fed of thousands of people from two fish and five loaves of bread and he calls them around and he says whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me for whoever wants to save their life will lose it But whoever loses their life for me and the gospel will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? If anyone is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the son of man will be ashamed of them when he comes into his father's glory with the holy angels. So I bring you these two scary passages on Christmas because I want to offer you the best gift that Christmas has to offer. And that is completion, to be made whole, to be fulfilled, to not have a longing or to to not wonder if it's good enough or if you're good enough, Not not to have to work for it anymore. I don't want you to have to keep trying to patch up a hole in your heart that you can't fill. See, to fill it, he's done the work. Christmas is the story of how he would step out of the most high and into a humble place to make himself a sacrifice for us. That's the story of Christmas. But the call on the other side is take up your cross and follow me. If you want to be fulfilled, if you want his spirit to fill you, to, to join together with your spirit, to give you his power, to give you his blessing, to give you his peace inside if you want it then you've got to be able to say I'm willing to go all in that I don't just I don't just say I want a little bit of this I answer his call of follow me by saying here I am send me Whatever you want, I'm yours. I give myself to you. I give my life to you. I don't just want a little bit of church to try and answer some need I feel inside. I want to follow the one who made the church. I want to do everything that I can to share the peace he gives me with somebody else. I'm not just going to do it a little bit. I'm going to go all in. Every year, around this time especially, I'll make this challenge where I'll just say, take one year to go all in and do all of it. Get up every single morning and pray. We're going to help you with that 21 days of prayer. Just commit to 21 days. But then, at the end of it, don't say, well, that felt good. I'll see you again in August, God, like me with floss at the dentist. Don't do that. On day 22, wake up and pray. You're already in the habit and start to pursue him relationally. And we do that and we, we commit to pray and to worship and to read scripture every day for a year. And, and maybe also we commit to saying yes to his church, to going to a life group to find freedom and committing to be there every single week. Don't skip, don't miss, reorder your life, make it a priority because we need freedom and make make a a commitment to figure out what your gifts and your purpose are so that you can use them alongside the church to bring his hope and his message to the rest of the world. And we just commit to go all in, to do all of it, to even be able to go into our workplace and make our, our ministry a part of where we go to work and to not be ashamed anymore, to not hide it anymore, but to say, I am a follower of Jesus. Here's what it looks like for me, to go all in. Every year, I'll say that. and Every single year, somebody will come to me. Multiple people will come to me. I had a guy come to me two weeks ago and say, you gave a, a challenge to go all in for a year, a year ago. And I want you to know that I've done it and it's changed my life. And I've shared it with others and they're doing it and it's changing their lives. And I just want you to know that all of this is real. And I said, that feels really good to hear you say that. Go all in as you celebrate Christmas this year, make it about more. Make it about more than just a moment, more than just a a thing that we add to our tradition or our routine. Give him your life. And his solution to your needs are permanent, permanent, eternal, the eternal solution. If you're in here this morning and you've never taken that first step, you've just had a need spiritually all of your life, and you haven't known how to fill it, and you've tried everything you can think of and now you're here, I wanna give you the opportunity right now to just take the first step. Yeah, it can be scary to take first steps, but it is just a first step. It's not hard. You don't have to have everything figured out. You don't have to know how you're gonna find freedom. You don't have to know the answers to, you just have to be willing to say yes, I accept this free gift of salvation. And if that's you this morning, every head bowed, every eye closed, would you pray this with me? Heavenly Father, thank you for making a way for me. I don't wanna do it on my own. I can't do it on my own. Forgive me for trying. Forgive me for my sin. Come into my life and make me whole. I offer you everything that I am from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen.